his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. So that was that was a pretty uh, pretty hot segment in terms of getting right into the nitty gritty of major societal issue with with the call from Reggie and then Roland jumping in on it and and I'm not without sympathy to the idea that uh, there's racism that is a bias against people of a particular skin color based on that skin color but whether that um, whether that also happens to other people or not is something we don't hear about. What we hear is constant publicity about how there's racism because there's a political party. One of our two major political parties finds most of its political power from saying that things are racism on a regular basis. So they're marketing the idea that racism is a constant problem. And that's not to say that it isn't a problem. But what it means is that if all you hear from the environment is that you're living in a racist society, then you're inclined to view things through that lens. And because there are thousands of reasons that people might do things, and certainly other reasons that cops uh, might abuse people. I remember I grew up in a, you know, a protected comfortable suburb lexington massachusetts that was uh relatively affluent now it's super affluent but back then it was you know a little above average and and sophisticated kind of town and even though there was a lot of farming still going on there and stuff and but the cops still treated us different as teenagers we weren't fearful of them but we also knew they would pull us over and uh just recreationally so if they would do it in lexington massachusetts then i have to Except the idea that they take liberties with how they do their policing. And that's why I say we've got to be careful of power. And power is dangerous. And cops are dangerous because they represent the government. And the whole government is rigged to protect the cops. And that's problematic. 860 Lincoln in Colchester. Hi, Lincoln. Hey, Todd. How you doing? What's up? Um... I'm a renter and a senior citizen, and I get every year what's called a renter's rebate. <clears throat> and this guy that was just talking about the uh, budget being uh, surplus the last couple of years, well, for the last 10 years, whenever I've gotten that renter's rebate, it's been reduced because it says something about a percentage about not uh, enough in the budget. 
Interesting. So I was yeah, so I was wondering if, uh, I don't know if you ever get a, a guest from the state, if you could question them that, that uh, reasoning, ask them that question. Why is it reduced uh, for the last at least, at least seven years? And you are saying this in response to the governor's speech today? Is that the state of the state? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because they stated that there's a surplus uh, again, and there was a surplus last year. Mm -hmm. And I sent the uh, email to the governor uh, last year asking if the uh, renter's rebate would be in the full amount. I never got a response back. That's a really good question. You know, the, the answer, of course, is that this is that what happens on a on a year-to-year basis, that's a that has to do with a particular budget year, and they call that either having a deficit or or having a surplus, and that's got nothing to do with the financial well-being of the state overall. And he's conf- trying to get us to confuse those two things by only talking about the budget. The state is is in terrible financial condition, and but but because of six billion dollars sent by the president primarily there is a lot of cash floating around and ned's pretending that's all because he did such a great job so two years ago that money wasn't there and uh in another two years it'll be long gone and we'll be having to confront the reality of our crisis again they're all a bunch of liars that is an absolute truth thank you for that lincoln good to hear from you we've got uh scott in bloomfield hi scott um hi uh i just wanted to call i i heard a previous comment from Todd Seidberg about the data showing the difference between um, police interactions, whether it was like a small percentage of police stops difference between black um, people and white people. And I, uh, yeah, I think that, that was Tom who said that. This is Todd. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I think one of, one of the problems is like that's what he was quoting is like kind of a version of statistical illiteracy because you can't compare stops when the number of stops of black individuals are higher than the number of white individuals. It's not an accurate, you can't like compare the accurate, you know, compare them. What you should be comparing is the per capita. What's the per capita death rate for police um, mm-hmm. murders of black people, which it's double. So a white person who gets killed is half as likely to be killed per capita by the police than a black person. Per so, capita, I mean, I just, like, just without relationship to whether they've been pulled over or not. You're saying you correct. don't look at who's been pulled over. You look at the entire population and see how many deaths there are. Right, because they're they're pulled over disproportionately to their population. Yes, but part of that might be a legitimate inclusion in the analysis because they are also disproportionately in lower socioeconomic areas. Would that be a reasonable argument to come back with? Yeah, which means they're over-policed, right? So that there's an over Not over-policed. Maybe, they're, maybe poor people are all policed at the same level, but it looks like blacks, because uh, they, are, they live in poor neighborhoods in our country, that they get pulled over more because poor people are inclined to get, are, are likely to get pulled over more often because they're in higher crime areas. Right, and they could be considered in higher crime areas because there's more police there. Right. So if you have less police in a rural thing looking for marijuana, for example, I know it's legal now, but mm-hmm. if you have less police like in a, in a small country town to find people, teenagers smoking pot, then you're not going to find the criminals when you have a higher number of police in the same, you know, pushed together in a smaller area 
say, a city, then you're going to find more, say, teenagers smoking marijuana just yes. because of the amount of policing in that particular region. True. But part of the reason there might be, I mean, I, I'm not uh, saying you're wrong. So what just, you're saying, I, I guess but I guess what I'm just saying is like to, to quote a statistic to say that, you know, it's too it follows simple. A, 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 yeah, it's too simple. And to say, well, the percent of people that die is only a small percentage comparing black versus white. That's only part of the, the narrative, because. You know, you also have this other piece where when you compare it per population, it's twice. And that's but isn't a it, difference. isn't it also an oversimplification? Like, isn't everybody citing a statistic and making an argument oversimplifying? Because what you really need to do is go through and do an honest assessment. For example, there are as many black Americans who live in rural areas as live in urban areas. And we have a tendency to think it's all urban. And But, but that would give you an, a really uh, prime example where you could compare data and find out that it's not that blacks are over policed on say marijuana it's that because we might find that the the rural blacks have a similar uh, arrest rate or whatever the measure would be with regard to marijuana in the rural areas with rural whites and and that what's happening in the city is is because it's city not because of skin color Right. Well, I mean, there's uh, the study that came out of uh, central Connecticut that showed that um, in certain towns in the state, um, you are disproportionately targeted for the color of your skin. Um, I don't want to mention any cities because that's not necessarily fair to throw anybody under the bus, but you can you can check that report out. It's on the, the central Connecticut state website, which does show that in some towns, you driving black will black or brown will you know, result in a higher percentage of being pulled over. I think there's like six towns on the list. So they do the study. They, they do something. Um, they use some interesting statistical methods to look at that. But, um, you know, like you said, so maybe is this on know, a we, school? Is this on a school newspaper website or the? No, no, it's a it's a report that was published. It's um, called. Um, uh, I can't. I can't remember. Well, the that's name all right. Of it. If you think of it, send me an email. Okay. Uh, I'll okay. Give yeah. You my, I'll give you my email address off the air. Thank you, Scott, for the call. I appreciate it. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. My email address is Todd at ToddTalk dot com. T O D D at ToddTalk dot com. Love to see that report from the school and. Um, I you know if there's somebody correcting for for where populations live and the oversimplification of skin color that goes on. That would be great to see. Shall we just take a quick break here, Roland? Is that okay? And then we can grab these phone calls. Okay. Stay with us on WTIC phone calls here. Steve won't fail us, though. Hey, Steve. Hello? Yes, Steve. Go ahead. Um, hi, Todd. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I, I, the only thing that bothers me about statistics, a lot of people only read the statistics that prove their point. <laughs> they don't really do a balanced job. And, and more, um, worse, uh, people in high-profile political jobs use the ones that prove their point without making sure that it's an honest use of statistics. I mean, because uh, when, when, when your caller was talking about inner cities, I was thinking of Chicago, where there are about 1,000 police officers under uh, understaffed. And it's basically just like a gangland warfare situation. You mean the cops are in a defensive stance? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, the, the, the thing is like a total zoo. I mean, doesn't Chicago have the highest murder rate? Uh, and they have an absence of cops. So, you know, the presence of cops doesn't necessarily mean 
more criminality. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of flaws. Yes, but we, it's hard to know when a when a city is understaffed in their police department. If that oh, makes... no, no, they they they've stated it publicly. The the police department there has stated it publicly. No, that wasn't the point I was making. It's hard to know that if a city is understaffed in its police department, that that is making things uh, better for the way people who they consider the underclass are treated or worse. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember a long, long time ago, I think when I was in junior high school, they did a study. They took a bunch of rats and they put it in, a, in an un- overcrowded situation and they became increasingly more violent. Um, yes, <laughs> that's a good point, too. And, and that might, well, that, you know, that could be what the whole thing comes down to. It, it, it very well could be. Um, but you, you want to know something weird that I was reading, though? Um, you know, that whole critical race theory. You know what one of the crux of their arguments was? Um, like under Martin Luther King, they believed in what was called, uh, you know, colorblind uh, racism mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, basically equal rights under the law. They don't believe in that because they believe that our rights system is a social construct and that it denies the individual his part in the collective. You know, I hate when they use this word collective because it's really a code word for some group that lords over you, like a government. You know, like how the glorious communist collective is, is going to be just and righteous, and we're going to have a dictatorship of the proletariat, and then everything's going to be fine. You know, it, it's this, this warm, fuzzy, cloudy, ambiguous thing that rules over your that remains yeah, undefined. Well, I, I, think th- I think that's exactly right, Steve, that they pick the words very carefully to be innocuous ones that aren't particularly understood. And then to infuse them with meaning, repeat them over and over, get people to repeat them and uh, have there be great power in the use of the words. It's like equity. We still don't know what equity means. But that's that's their goal with that word. Being equity, providing equity is like being equitable. That can't be a bad thing, they figure. So these words are chosen to confuse us and also to be um, infused with power over time. We've got, uh, let's give Tim and Hamden another try. Hey, Tim. Hi, good afternoon. I originally called uh, uh, in the uh, Tom and uh, Todd segment and everything when you guys were laughing about how much you enjoyed the uh, yelling back and forth of the Congress and almost almost thinking of the WWE wrestling match or something. Perhaps you could get, you know, some of our other state reps here locally to start throwing chairs at the whatever and have a much more entertaining thing but i have to say that i was not surprised by the caller the black caller who talked about you know his experience and roland's story in particular about his black family being pulled over at gunpoint yes and almost the almost the startling you know kind of situation where people said what you know all over but you know, most people would, especially most white people, say they haven't been pulled over at gunpoint, you know, uh, to that extent. And I, I link it to still waiting for people to come out. Tim, sorry, we're losing your signal. It's too bad. 860-522-9842. Let's try John next. Hey, John. John, you there? All right. Hello? Okay, John, talk quick, quick, quick. Uh, hi, uh, am I on the air? Because my name you is are on the air. Go ahead. Okay, 
quick question for you. What is, uh, I mean, is there any cultural value uh, that is uh, given to black people? Uh, I mean, do they have their own culture? Do they, you know, not behave in certain ways as a culture? Some good, some bad? I mean, and, and if that's the case, I mean, well, I guess my question to you, Todd, is why, why is there this prejudgment of black people? Is it that white people do not like that particular pigment color, or is it something else? On the part of whom? You mean why do police seem to react to? Yeah, why, why, why do police, if this is happening, why do police choose this particular individual with this particular pigment color to behave this certain way? I mean, is it just a, a preference for pigment the, color? The assumption, the assumption would be that uh, police are in the power business. They're in the, in, their job is to force power into si- the power of the state into situations. So that means they're held harmless for the most part for what they do because they're protecting law and order and the people who make it. And they would be automatically making judgments about what they could get away with in this ruthless world that they live in. That would be the hypothesis. Is it what they could get away with or what they could expect from a certain culture? Well, both. I, but, but, you know, there should be uniform response to uh, passive situations like where you've pulled over a family on the highway. If you think about Roland's situation, I mean, that's just, you know, that's an unbearable thing to think about, isn't it? Eight six zero five. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Any police officer will tell you that a passive, quote-unquote, situation can immediately turn into a very violent one, no? Um, it can, but you don't assume that it's going to just because you're pulling a car over on the highway, especially one that so has a family dis- in it. So you disregard what uh, cultural traits come to the forefront and experience and reality of cultures? You just disregard that? Well, it depends. Do you, do you pull over any uh, black family? It sounds like what you're suggesting is that because... Um, Black families might be coming from an urban area where there's more violence, that they should be less trusting of the black family they're pulling over on the highway. But the highway patrol, I would think that you've got to be, if you're going to be doing racial profiling, which is what you're arguing for, then it would have to be based on a more sophisticated profile. Like, where are you pulling over that black family? I do agree. Roland's case is a, a separate situation, but I think overall, I mean, you, you got to deal with the reality in front of you, and the reality is that there's more violence in black neighborhoods. And well, in but black that home- doesn't mean that the uh, the law enforcement officer can assume that he's with a bad person based on superficial traits. I mean, that would just be a terrible state for our society to be in, wouldn't it? I think we can all agree on that. We're going to pause for news. We'll talk more after that on WTIC. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why wait? Come on. Oh, come on. Why wait? You can rant right now at 860-751-4698 on the Todd Feinberg Show. All right, we're talking race, which is always a good thing. Because there's only one perspective that's presented in the mainstream media. And that is that America's a racist society. It's getting worse or it's it's, it's some danger point and we see all kinds of policy being made that's innocuously saying that it's dealing with race but isn't necessarily dealing with problems like policing they pass laws about policing but to me the collective bargaining agreement is the thing they have to get rid of that that's what protects or why well, I, I shouldn't say it protects police officers it it stands in the way of police Leadership, chiefs, police chiefs, being able to weed out bad cops, just as we know the schools aren't allowed to get rid of bad teachers. This is a huge price we pay as a society for turning power of hiring and firing of those public workers to a third-party special interest group that has formed a partnership with, with the Democratic Party, and they work in cahoots to make sure that the unions get all the power they want, and that power includes not being able to freely fire cops who are problematic. So those bad cops, but on the other hand, it's also important to note that they, they have trouble hiring in the post-COVID area, another screw-up on, on the part of uh, government, and they're hiring bad cops. A couple of those uh, Memphis cops were people who shouldn't have been hired, and they hired them because they were desperate to hire cops, so they looked the other way and, and held their noses and hired them. There's all kinds of problems. All of them go back to government, and we have to start looking at government as the dangerous uh, force that it is. We've got uh, Fred calling from Middletown. Hi, Fred. Hey, uh, I just wanted to drop a quick thing. Uh, you've We've all heard the... Uh... 10 rules that uh, black parents have to tell their black children, or of course their male children, if they're interacting with the police for how not to get shot, you know, the 10 rules. Okay. And I'd suggest that there are two rules short. Rule number 11 would be don't steal a car or be in a stolen car. And rule number 12 would be if you are in a stolen car and the police are trying to apprehend you, don't try to run them over as you flee. 
And that would that would help uh, reduce police shootings of uh, black teenagers also. Uh, yeah, but to, you're, to... you're throwing uh, cynical things in as if the first 10 have no reality. Is that is that what you mean to imply? Well, I, I don't have the first 10 committed to memory. They might have total reality. But then if there's this other thing, you know, like, well, add that too. I mean, doesn't that belong on the list of how not to get shot by a cop? Don't steal a car or be in a stolen car. Well, I Shouldn't think any. I, I think any parent, if we if we don't look at black parents talking to their black teenagers as the other, but look at them as the one of us, we are people trying to live our lives. Government is this uh, negative force in our lives, and it has one of these agencies. It has to make sure it can control us is a organization whose job it is to uh, use controlled violence to keep us in line if we are perceived to have uh, stepped across a line. And if mm -hmm. some of us are complaining that we're being abused by that organization, I don't think we should be mocking whoever it is who's saying that. I think we should assume the worst about government, because, especially the violence wing of government, because that's what they do. Um. I mean, uh, you know, I'm almost 70, and I've been followed around in stores, you know. I mean, like, it's like everyone thinks this experience is unique to me, you know, like only I, you know. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield, you know, he got no respect. Yes, but that doesn't so. mean some people. So you're right. It may, it may be that blacks aren't getting the worst of it. Maybe somebody else is getting the worst of it, but there's no reason to assume that nobody gets the worst of it. Well, and... Right, but so why are, I mean, so if I, black cops beat a black man to death, and that's just more white supremacy. In other words, well, we can beat this black man to death. Have you heard? You know, in I mean, a they sense. They may have been gang members. They, they may have been actual gang members who became cops. In other words, we can bribe a cop. Better yet, we can become a cop. We can bribe a judge. Better yet, we can become a judge. Yes, it's but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't do away with the concern that, that a, a black perp as it were this perp was just in memphis was just driving home according to the stories that we hear and he was close to home and all he was crying to just go home and he was calling out for his mother and he showed no signs of violence you know so it's at some point it pays for us to realize that we shouldn't automatically side with the evil power structure if we look at everything the government does, we will find they're stealing money, they're rigging elections, they are working against our best interest. We can see that everywhere we look. Last week, the number came out that on the $5 trillion that was spent on PPE and other stuff, what were they called, the PPP loans? Or program you know all that money that was dumped into the economy to protect the jobs of the public officials who were shutting down the economy so they were using our money which didn't exist creating debt creating inflation in order that they could spend money to hold themselves harmless for dismantling our economy and ruining people's businesses and overreacting to a virus and reacting poorly to a virus and 10% of that money is estimated to have been stolen by Russian and Chinese hackers, amongst others. And that gets swept under the rug. 
we can't be looking at government as a benign, benevolent force. 860-522-9842. Robert New Britain. Hello, Bob. Hey, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So did you happen to hear Rishi on the radio last week when he was filling in for, for Todd? Or Todd or Tom? I heard some of Reese, but he was on a lot of hours, so I can't say for sure. He was on a lot. And um, he has a very interesting perspective of what happened there with the five cops. And I don't, I don't want to share it with you, but it, if, if you have a cell number, text him and ask him to call you because it's like an eye-opening what the hell was going on there. Um, that's one thing. Second thing is at the very beginning, I saw the first video on Fox, the station, and about 10 seconds worth after the event took place where they beat the hell out of the cop, or sorry, the, the police, the, the black man, uh, there was a quick shot from a video from the camera of a white cop that had pulled up in his cruiser. Mm-hmm. So, and he was outside the cruiser, and then one of the five happened to walk by him, and this white cop is, high, is giving a high five. Like, the whole event was, was staged. They knew what was going on. But talk to Reese about it, because it's like, I, it's like I couldn't believe it. What Reese has to say about it Reese, his, na- his name's Reese. There's no uh, IE. I, I apologize. Or, Reese, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, ask, ask Reese. Okay. And what, and what you were going to say, make a last comment about what Reese was No, saying? it was just like... I'd rather have him share rather than sure. he, me he, me hearing it, you know, going through third party person uh, because he would make more sense of the more okay. sense of it. That sounds All right. good. Thank you for that, Thank Bob. You very, you're welcome. Take care. Pre- appreciate hearing from you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. So we're talking about. We got a call an hour ago uh, from Reggie who was talking about how fearful as a black father he is when his son leaves the house and then and and he talked about he in defense of the the narrative that that i think he was talking about memphis but maybe not i can't even remember now but my impression was he was speaking in defense of um of the idea that people like like tyree nichols were um you know are being abused at the hands of cops and then roland my producer he jumped in and said that he'd had an experience where he was driving with his family and going through Virginia and got pulled over. And um, they came, the cops came walking up with their guns out, which is just remarkable. That's a remarkable thing for a police officer to do when there is no visible threat. And I, I just feel like we have to uh, cut our fellow citizens slack when they... There is a there is a desire to automatically defend police, but I think part of defending police. Well, I consider myself a defender of police, but that doesn't mean I defend their malfeasance. It means that I acknowledge the difficulty of their jobs, and I think the the difficulty of their jobs is made more severe by the fact that there are bad cops on the force, and there have to be bad cops on the force because they don't have the power. Town administrators and police administrators don't have the power to freely shape the culture of their force by uh, by uh, sculpting the the nature of the workforce that they have. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We'll talk more about it coming up on WTIC. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty.
Yeah, it's wild times. Wild times. And we're trying to uh, maximize the opportunity they represent. A lot of issues for us to sort through. Frank calling from Bloomfield. Hi, Frank. How you doing? What's up? Um, so I'm a white guy. I'm, I'm in my 60s, and uh, I've been pulled over a couple of times and had cops pull guns on me. You have. Um, what was the yeah. nature of the experience? Was there anything that would have made that seem appropriate to you? No. I mean, the first time was about 15 years ago. I was in South Windsor driving to work on a Saturday morning in a Chevy Chevette with my two kids in the back seat, and one of them was in a car seat. And a uh, cop pulled me over, and I looked in the rearview mirror. I see they're both out of their car with their guns out. And I was like, get out of the car. I said, what do you guys got your guns out for? He said, well, whenever we feel threatened, you know, we can use the appropriate force. And I said, well, what's threatening you, the Chevy Chevette or the, the, the two the cars kids in, seat the in the back? Seat. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, the reason they pulled me over <laughs> is because there was no registration sticker on my license plate. And I said, well, in Hartford, they pull them off and steal them. A lot of times they would steal your license plate. You know, you'd be driving around for a couple of days and somebody say, hey, you have no license plate. I said, oh, geez, I didn't even know it, you know. So I called the lieutenant that day when I got to work. I was so pissed off. Yeah. And uh, he told me, oh, was it those two idiots? And he said their names. I said, yeah. Yeah, we've had some complaints about these two guys. They're rookies. They're out of the, uh, just out of the academy, and uh, they think they're going to, you know, fix the whole world. I said, well, you know, <laughs> my kids were so upset, they were screaming and crying in the car because they thought they were going to get shot, you know. That's terrible. Uh, yep. Did then you? The time was in, I live in Bloomfield, so I was driving home from work one night. From I work at the Hartford Insurance Company. I'm working, driving home in my truck, and these cops following me all the way down Cottage Grove Road. So I just switched lanes just to see if they'd take the bait, and they mm-hmm. did. They put their lights on, pulled me over, and I said, what'd you pull me over for? Oh, you did an illegal lanes change. They said, okay. And I look over on the right-hand side, the passenger side, and the other cop is there, is, got his gun out, pointed right at my head. And I said, so for changing lanes illegally, you get a gun pointed at you? And the guy goes, well, we have reason to believe you have drugs in the car. I said, what, what reason would that be? You know, and the, the, the guy, they were just nuts. And I said, you know what? I'm going home. You guys are not searching my car. You're not doing anything. You have no probable cause here, you know. And uh, I just started the car. I said, just tell that guy to put his gun down. You can't shoot me for driving away. <laughs> so I did drive away, and they followed me to my house, which was about a block away. I pulled in the driveway, and they stood at the end of my driveway for about a half an hour. I went in the house. and Did they really? And and did you, did you call a superior on that one? No, I didn't, because you know what? If you look around your office, I'm sure you'll find a bunch of idiots that you sh- you should think that should not have guns, you know? Yes, but, but these I guys think, work uh, for the government, and they work yeah, for the I government know. using guns. So that would be the reason to call. You know, I told my kids, you know, don't get pulled over. Don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Don't drive late at night, you know? I mean, you just don't want to get in a situation where you're, you know, I mean, that cop, pointed at my truck with with my head with his gun you know he just had to make one wrong decision or flinch and i would have blown my head off you know and i i just you know you can say whatever you want to say but when you're dead you can't say anything you know that's that's true well you were pretty bold with the actions that you took and what you had to say with regard to uh telling him you were going to go home well you know they they, they, they're going to arrest me or let me go those are the choices I said, are you arresting me? He said, well, we want to search your truck. I said, that's not an option. 
<laughs> you got to arrest me, and then you can search my truck. You know, so yeah. they didn't well, that's want to good. Do that, so. That's good that you knew enough to tell them that. Thank you, Frank. Horrible stories. Yeah. I appreciate hearing them and having them in the mix, because you know we don't we don't hear much about other people who face reckless use of force by police officers. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Call in a rant, please. We'll be playing the rants in about an hour and 10 or 12 minutes. Rant line number 860-751-4698. We've got a lot of stuff still to talk about. And uh, 440 today's Wednesday, so Joe Markley will be here. That's fun. And let's find out what's happening on the roads. I don't know if it's fun or not on the roads. We'll check in with Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.